Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Listeners, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. It's Rick Hyland. I'm here with my very special guest, Rand Salik. Rand, how are you today? Hi, Rick. Uh, just great. Uh, delighted to be with you. Yeah, excited to be with you. I can see the rain coming down in San Francisco behind you. Uh, hope you're safe and sound. Uh, California's been getting a lot of rain, haven't they? It really has. But uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to capture it and uh, use it through the summer. It's been a tough bunch of years in terms of drought. So this is, uh, this is what we got to do to get through it all. Yeah, well said. In Utah, we have the same thing. We're uh, we need the snowpack for the water, so it, it, there's a blessing in disguise. So, Rand, before we get going on your book, Thrive, and the principles that you talk about in there, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and your background story? Well, my pleasure. Um, well, after receiving my MBA from Stanford, I went to Wall Street. Street. I spent a dozen years with major firms and including a three-year stint uh, running the Asian investment banking business for Bankers Trust Company. And um, one of the original architects of the currency swap market, which became interest rate swaps and then all the rest of the swaps, a huge, huge business. So that was, that was fun. But along the way, I realized that I was an entrepreneur and I wanted to have my own firm. So it took me three years to sort that out because I wanted to really start strong and keep going strong with that. I uh, had to figure out, uh, double down, did I have the skill set to run my own firms different than being you know, a, a soldier? Uh, I wanted to be clear about my goals. I wanted to really think through who my clients were uh, and what services I would provide. And so I started the Saley Capital Group three decades ago and have never looked back. I started on day one with five clients. It's been, a, been absolutely fantastic. I've completed over 250 transactions, um, mostly with private companies. That's, that's a, an arena that I particularly enjoy because they're entrepreneurs, the owners of these companies, and that laminates well with what I'm all about. And four years ago, I sat down and said, you know, I have a book. I have maybe more than one book inside of me. So I decided I would write this book, Thriving, How to Create a Healthier, Happier, and More Prosperous Life. Um, it, it's, it's, it's been a, quite an adventure being a first-time author. I've learned a lot, and this book is getting a lot of attention because the message uh, messages inside the book are so, so important for people of in, in various walks of life. Yeah, I have also continued to be on boards and, you know, rolling my sleeves, uh, doing environmental uh, work um, and so on. So it's, it's, it's been terrific. Oh, wonderful. And uh, that's why I wanted you on the podcast. The title of the book captured my imagination and uh, talks about topics that I'm passionate about personally as well. So why don't we dig into some of the principles? I know we don't have time to share every chapter or every but why don't you give us uh, kind of a highlight of some of the principles you're teaching about thriving and happiness and prosperity? Great. Well, I think, first of all, it's really important to realize that thriving is really about the climate 
and not the weather. In any given day, we might just not have the greatest of days. But so over a period of time, the question is, are you thriving? And what, what I believe, because this is the way I've lived my life, is we can design our own lives. I, I believe this is a possibility for lots and lots of folks. Uh, I am relentlessly positive, and this has paid huge dividends, I hope. I hope to spread that message to others. Being positive counts for a lot. And I think we have huge power, more power than a lot of people realize, to make choices. These are choices of all, all varieties, including that instantaneous choice about how you feel. It may not feel like a choice, but it is. Certainly, it's a choice of whether you hold on to that feeling, especially if it's a negative one. Um, so the question that uh, that is uh, really uh, foremost in this, in framing this book is, and, and the listeners should be asking themselves this question as they walk up and look at thriving. Am I thriving personally? Am I thriving with others in my relationships um, at work or, you know, personal? Uh, am I thriving as I'm actively engaged in the world? And then the fourth question is, am I thriving as I move ever forward in life? Mm, I love those four or five questions. And it, it includes kind of the whole life, right? And it, everybody it really you interact with. It, exactly so. Exactly so. Uh, you know, one of the keys here is, um, you know, are we aging well? Everybody ages, but not everybody ages well. And this is not just a question for people in their 50s or 60s. It's a question for people, you know, coming along in their 20s, 30s, 40s. And certainly, you know, w once they pass that magic 70-year-old mark or 80, um, you know, being a lifelong learner is a huge, huge part of thriving. Uh, the, you, you have to be able to be curious in life. And that what being curious opens yourself up to is um, allowing you to engage with other people who don't share your own perspective or opinion. So just be curious. Don't, don't, don't butt heads. Just go be the fly on the wall. And also, the lifelong learner is key in terms of learning from your own mistakes and turning them into valuable lessons. This is, this opens up a lot of freedom. Love it. Yeah. Like, can, can we dig into a couple of the principles you've shared so far? Cause I, absolutely. Uh, 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 that last one is in particular, I uh, love, I want to dig into many of them, but curious and lifelong learner. Someone asked me the other day when I was doing sales training, what's the number one characteristic of successful people in sales over long-term success in sales and you would think maybe relationship building which is super important you would maybe think being organized which is also super important but my answer would be to be curious and a lifelong learner it's not always the people with the highest iq that are thriving right it's if you are you keep learning are you curious about your clients are you curious about your life are you curious are you a constant learner whether that be in books or just talking to people or podcasts, or whatever it might be. Um, what is your tips on how to stay curious? Do you have a hack or a tip in the book or from life on how to become a lifelong learner? Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right, Rick. This is this is essential. It is a habit. 
that is obtainable. It is a, a double down on it. So I read every day. I encourage people mm. to keep reading and read a variety of things. Don't just read the same old uh, business press or whatever. Mix it up. Mix it up. Have a little fun with it, too. It's good for the brain and good for the soul to, to mix up uh, what you're reading. Um, the, uh, the issue also, uh, I think, of curiosity leads to a lot of adaptability. Mm-hmm. and resilience. Yeah. These these are, are real cousins to this whole question of a lifelong learner. Um, the, uh, Charles Darwin said it's not the smartest creature. It's not the strongest creature. It's the most adaptable creature. Mm. And I think this, this pathway of uh, reading every day, of being uh, just sort of stopping and say, hey, why is that going on? Uh, maybe how is it happening? If you're more technical, you might want to, you know, lift the hood and check out what's what's going on there. Uh, th- this this leads to uh, and, and we're you know we're living a life with digital technology right there in our pocket. You could just pull out the phone and say, well, you know, tell me about the noble gases. What are they? I've forgotten. Um, and so that just that's a refresh. Uh, it's really good stuff. And it's joyful. It can be very joyful. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I've got to do this to get more uh, aware of some element that's important for my work. Yes, yes, do that, do that. But in addition, just be that more interesting character. Yeah, yeah. It, It not only helps your career, people love it when you're curious about them and their career and how they their success it builds it bonds and it's great for your mental health as we age as well speaking of your aging comment as well to be curious and to keep learning so i love that one i know we could keep talking on that one but i got three or four others i want to pick your brain on and positivity i have uh, many clients that are self-proclaimed half glass full people and part of that is many of their professions they're in the problem-solving business. They're in the complex problem-solving business. So there's some natural parts to why uh, they have a more critical view. But as, as you've already talked about, there's so much health and uh, success benefit by uh, focusing on the positive. And do, you, do you have any tips or hacks on how to stay positive or to find the positive in your life, in your relationships, et cetera? Well, you know, one of the things I've, I, I, I've noticed as I've really opened my eyes to what, you know, other folks are doing is there is some rationalizations that we're all just very capable of creating. And so this, this self-proclaimed, I'm a half, half full kind of person is one of these things where maybe it's getting you someplace, but, you know, I would test that, uh, check it out. It, you know, we, we tend to hold on to things. Uh, until we let go. And that would be one I would suggest is maybe really worth letting go. It doesn't compromise your ability to solve problems. I guarantee it. Uh, I came across a book many years ago called Positive Intelligence. I really recommend this book. Uh, And and I will just, uh, as an aside, say in my book, in the uh, end notes, are 75 books that I've read that really, really impacted me. And I write a paragraph of each about each one of those books. And of course, Positive Intelligence is one of them. 
Um, th- this is a book that uh, changed changed me dramatically. I was very full of judgment. So the author talks about the 12 um, saboteurs. So, you know, we're running around, shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, messing things up, uh, maybe without really realizing we're doing it. Uh, but in the king of, of the, all of those is judgment. And that it's accompanied typically by one other key saboteur. And I read this book and I said, oh my gosh, yes, I am so judgmental. Holy Toledo. And what's it getting me? This book tells you, breaks down this false set of rationalizations of, oh yes, tough love or whatever. And I think in a very quick period of time, I abandoned that with glee and gave away uh, being so judgmental and was became much much happier more engaging and frankly a lot more effective and and better to be around right people you know totally. we we really like to be around people that have energy and positivity and hope versus you know the eors of the world and so it's more attractive for one thing uh and people want to be around those type of people in business and life so so it sounds like it was just a mental mindset shift. Once you had that awareness through that book, there yeah. you didn't have to change any habits or build any new habits. It was just that aha and mindset shift that you were able to make. It was a, a very bright light. It's a it's a well written book. It has uh, some exercises uh, that you can do where you find yourself going into this judgment and then the, uh, you know, whatever, whichever one of your accomplices it is. And he, and the book guides you through so you can identify which of these other saboteurs you've got as your, as your big friend and uh, exercises you can just do right there on the spot that say, Oh, I'm in this mode. Let me get out of it. And you go to your sage self, which is a different part of your brain and much stronger actually. So it's, it's, it's kind of in that sense, I guess, a habit. Uh, I don't, I don't use those habits so much anymore because I've just done such amazing shift away from, uh, that, that whole negative place. Yeah. Did you get, when you were making that shift, did you get any feedback from relationships and people around you? Did they see the change? Did they, what kind of feedback did you get, uh, as you were making the shift? Well, I, I saw myself, first of all, just naturally feeling more relaxed and smiling and uh, uh, just ready to engage more. So that was an internal compass. Mm. But then, yeah, I did get feedback. Um, you know, uh, I think at the time I had five or six clients who were working uh, complicated stuff. Uh, and uh, I, I, I seem to recall a couple of them pulling me aside and saying, hey, uh, What's going on? You, you know, you've always had really stu- super great things to guide us through, great advice. Uh, you know, your competence is great, but all of a sudden there's this other quality that's emerging. It's just, frankly, easier to be with you. Yeah, yeah, well said. At business, home, etc. So let me transition to one other topic that intrigues me in your book. Uh, managing transitions and endings and beginnings and having just retired from full-time work. 
and have watching now my parents age and whether you're 20 graduating from college or grad, you know, retiring and moving to your second career or managing health transitions in your elderly. I mean, this is tricky stuff. Even if you did that phase really well, now there's an ending and there's something maybe you didn't anticipate that's tricky about this new. So that, that topic just captures my imagination, Rand. What's your, What's your thoughts and tips on how to manage transitions? Well, so so, so right, uh, Rick. Life is filled, absolutely filled with endings and new beginnings. And in the meanwhile, there's transitions. You, you know, it's rare to just go from one thing to the other smoothly and instantly. So what is this transition about? Well, I think it's really important to have perspectives. And what does that perspective mean? It's It's kind of like Winston Churchill says, Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So at these moments of transition, we just got to, you know, summons that courage and knowing ourselves well. So, you know, what, what you're moving away from, you probably did a lot of things well. There were certain things that you probably enjoyed. Now you're leaving that and moving on to something else for hopefully good reasons uh, and, and hopefully looking forward to it. But, but take with you the good stuff. And that means really knowing yourself. Being self-aware is absolutely critical. And as I talked about a minute ago, part of this lifelong learner is learning from your mistakes. So just look at those, figure out what the lessons are, make, make good out of them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, nothing is easy to the unwilling. So mm. you gotta you gotta lean into it to to get on. And you know, we make life happen. You know, a lot of people sit back and life happens to them. But when you're really thriving, when you're really moving toward a new place, a new beginning, you know, this this idea of making things happen is is key. So all in all, you gotta have grit. You've got to have resilience. You've got to have the courage. And part of this is also being willing to say, I am me. I'm going to live my life. This is the design your life uh, concept that I absolutely think is essential to swim against the tide, the cultural tide or the voices in your head. You know, I'm amazed when I meet people in their 40s and 50s and sometimes older, and they're talking about what their parents said to them. And they're living, not not that there isn't love and good things there, but they're still captured by some kind of set of messages that they heard growing up that shaped them in positive ways, I think, but also restricted them, made them kind of follow a path that their parents or or maybe other people set out for them. So be able to swim against uh, the tide of of that becomes really important. Be your own person. Uh, Define success your way is another thing. You know, success is such a big factor in in our society um, that uh, people ask me, well, you know, how do you relate success and thriving and i say well the answer to me and it's just my view of this 
is for a lot of folks, success is an external thing. You're checking out what your neighbors are doing or what an employee is driving into the parking lot or, you know, somebody's big trip or something like that, as opposed to saying what gives value, what is, what is, yeah, how do I define enough for me? And this becomes a really uh, critical ingredient to defining a next chapter and going through a transition. Mm, I love that. So let me let me kind of rephrase that in my words to see if I've got your idea. I think inherent in what you're telling me is the first step is to just be aware that there is transitions are tricky. There is a transition, uh, and there'll be some great things about the new transition, and there'll be some hard things. And so, first step is to anticipate it. Be aware that this happens. Um, second is what you said is to lean into it and um, try to find. And define that new stage in your life, uh, and then and and go with it there. But I think the first step is that mindset change, isn't it? That you you've been alluding to in a couple of these principles is that transitions are tricky. Be aware, lean into it. There'll be some hard things, and there'll be some great things about it. Yeah, I think that's right. And and I would just add one more thing, uh, which is be kind to yourself. You know, I, I think there's a there's a tendency, especially with very accomplished people, to uh, be tough on themselves. And I, I've done that throughout my life until actually fairly recently. And I just let go of that. Uh, I, I am very disciplined. And I'm sure your listeners are, too. You know, you don't get uh, moving forward in, 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 a, in a career or in life without uh having discipline. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't uh, like yourself, love yourself, and be kind, especially at these tough moments where maybe maybe it's transition, maybe it's tough feedback. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not yet a transition, but you're hearing something that is designed or meant to be constructive, but boy, it didn't feel very constructive. Can't really break it apart yet. At those moments, just be kind to yourself. Listen, uh, absorb what you can, come back to it, take your time, be patient, be patient. Mm, Really good advice there. That self-critic and a lot of these high achievers that are listening to this podcast, that's a great insight to uh, be patient with yourself, be kind. Don't necessarily listen to that critic very (laughs) very much. I want to get to this last point that I think is critical. You talk about in your book being the author of your own future, uh, defining your own success. Any tips on how to do that? I call it the author of your own story. Story, because okay. Because your story may may be associated with success, but uh, could be just kind of how you see yourself, what your identity is, and 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 where you're going. So the author of your own story is your past as well as how you see life going forward into the future. Um, I, I think it helps. It, it pro- probably more than helps. It probably is essential that you know yourself yeah. and that you, you become self-aware. Uh, and that means just looking inside, uh, being mindful. Uh, there are mindful practices that are you know, much more popular now than they were, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But boy, I think there's so much to say about that on a daily basis and make that a habit. Uh, if you're introverted, like I am, even though I'm very social, 
uh, it helps because I like spending time by myself. I like jotting notes down. I like figuring out what I know and what I'm still confused about. And that comes out on the paper. Um, I think this forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself and others uh, is really important. I mean, you know, intentional or unintentional stuff has happened to us, all of us. And um, you've done stuff. I've done stuff. So this creates freedom, a lot of freedom. And so you can craft your own story around some choices there. Um, you know, deciding what's really important. That at the end of the day, this is what this, uh, you know, uh, being the author of your own story is. You're you're deciding. You not not again the parents or you know maybe even your spouse. Uh, you talk to yourself rather than listen to yourself. It's a, I love that little mm -hmm. play of words. Mm -hmm. When you listen to yourself, you might be hearing some kind of negativity. Some like, oh God, here I go again. As opposed to talking to yourself, you can choose to talk with encouragement, with positivity, and inspire mm. yourself. You know, get mm. yourself right out of that chair, get going. Um, I love and letting that. go. Letting go is such a huge part of being the author of your own story. Uh, you, you know, I, I really had a tough time with this about a dozen years ago. Uh, I, I thought I was in control of nearly everything. Well, then, then I took a look and I said, oh, you are hitting yourself. You, the amount of stuff you control is quite limited. And in your relationships, especially in my family, oh, as my, as my children, very, very accomplished, very smart. Uh, they, were, they were carving their own path as well they should, as I wanted them to. But my ability to control was definitely different than when they were you know growing up and so i had to let go and i still have to work on that i still have to work on that um yeah. i relate to that that's a good point you know that you've given us a lot of nuggets here rand i think the best one may be talk to yourself not listen to yourself we do way more time listening whether it's good or bad information going through your head and believing it versus scripting it and talking to ourselves that's a really good good insight well, I think of it kind of like a, as a, a tape recorder. It's, oh, that tape, here we go again. Oh, yeah, I've heard that hundreds of times. And wow, what does it get you? Ask yourself that question. What is listening to this doing for me? No, no, not doing it anymore. Love it. Uh, how about the, I want to get back to one of your points about, I call it journaling, but you called it writing down. I think we're talking about the same thing there. How often do you do it? Do you do it when you have a complex emotion? Do you do it every day to focus on the positive? What, what's your actual habits around that that can help people let go and forgive and move on and author? Yeah, well, this comes up in different ways for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do deep dives periodically. I am a big uh, cataloger. So I um, you know, monitor what's going on in my life in lots of ways, relationships, activities, uh, and, uh, you know, events and so on. And I, I capture that and I, I try to make meaning out of it. It's not just the what it is. What does it mean? What does it mean to me? So I do that. I'm very uh, clear writing this book helped me enormously to just make concrete what my values are 
what my purpose is and living a legacy. So, so I really encourage it's part of, part of my book to, to write down, this is the writing exercise, write down what it is, your legacy is all about. Don't wait for the tombstone to show up, figure out now, and then start living it now. So in my case, I'm, I'm delighted that I have a legacy. I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm living it now is about excellence and about purpose about being encouraging and about being love. This is like being kind and being respectful and not just not only that emotional thing that we tend to think about love. So that's a, that's a deeper dive on a, on a more daily basis. Um, yeah, I'm, I, it helps me a lot to calendar to figure out how to move things around in my schedule. Um, because, you know, I have some choice and do I want to have three things, you know, that morning or would it be better? Would I be fresher? Would I be really more effective if I move one of those or a couple of them to another another spot in my calendar? And uh, that that's really good. So I got to think about it. I got to think, what do I want to do? What's my energy all about? And and Rick, when you talk about emotions, yeah, I do a lot of that. And for me, and I'm guessing for your listeners, the case for me is when I'm confused about how I'm feeling. I say, well, I, it's not a clean emotion. It's not like I'm just angry or I'm anxious. It's, it's some combination of emotions. And I got to spend some time sorting out what, what led to this current feeling. I break it down. I figure out what I did to make that happen, what supporting or leading role I played in this drama, and also what other people were part of this that, uh, that, that you know, brought me to, to that feeling. And when I write that down, I begin seeing it, oh, in a way I would never have. I just can't think it through just on my own. But my hand, my brain to my, my uh, you know, pencil, uh, work some magic, and then I can come up with an action plan. It just staying in that place is not where I want to be. I can't imagine anybody wanting to be in a in a place of bad emotion. And we don't need to worry about the good emotions, but just bring them on more. And so, getting you know, sizing up, sorting out, and moving forward in an action plan on the negative stuff is uh, something I do. I do, you know, I, I do as often as I need to. Yeah, and the research is compelling, even though many professionals are so busy, they don't think they have the time. But I think the nugget you've given us there on one of the hows to sort out that stuff so you can move on and let go and forgive is to do a deep dive. I've, I've never heard that term before, a deep dive journal session where you really try to understand your role, their role. And once you get that down and write it out versus just think it, there's some real power in enabling you to take the first step to let go or move on or repair if necessary. So I love that. Another nugget there, Rand, a deep dive journaling session to help you move through some of those tricky emotions is a powerful tool. I love the how, and you've given us a lot here today. Um, Rand, if people say one more time the title of the book, where they can find it, and if they want you for a speaking engagement or anything like that, where can they find you? Great, Rick. Thank you. Well, the, my book is called Thriving with an exclamation mark. 
uh, how to create a healthier, happier, and more prosperous life. And uh, it's it's at the bookstores. It's on Amazon, in ebook, on uh, paperback, and and hardcover. Uh, there are a lot of questions in the book, so um, I will have an audio book uh, later this summer. But you know, for people who really want to dive into this, I think. Uh, a, a paper version may help. I don't know. Everybody's a little bit different uh, because yep. there are questions I'm asking people. They're not rhetorical questions. You know, go go for that. Uh, I can be found at my book website, uh, randsalig.com. And uh, one of the pages on the website is uh, connect with brand. And you can say hello. You can, uh, you know, say, hey, we'd like to, you know, book you. And I'd be delighted. Awesome. And Salik, it's spelled S-E-L-I-G, randsalik.com. Exactly. R-A-N-D-S-E-L-I-G. That's it. Rand, thank you for your time today and your insights and all the best. Rick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. 